Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they have 18 amazing flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com and try yours. Also use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off your first order. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, Trey Matthews. And it is currently 2.51 a.m. Eastern Time, February the 2nd, 2021, at the time of this recording. Why am I recording this episode so late? Well, you guys, I've been a little backtrack with work and also I'm getting back into the swing of things. Uh, as you guys know, I'm a college athlete myself, so I play baseball and we just started practicing. So, yeah, uh, it's a little hectic for me. And you guys, I see all the news about the New Jersey Devils. And essentially, we do not have a game this week. So we're going back to what we did over the summer, which is I'm just going to have to come up with some creative new ideas for an episode. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have to go for there until the New Jersey Devils play a game. They're projected to uh play uh, their next game on February the 6th, but, you know, that's over the weekend, and the reason for that is because uh, there was a COVID outbreak amongst their team, so, you know, some players that are in the protocol right now are Blackwood, Zaka, Zajac, uh, Dell, uh, Votnin, so, yeah, we have a lot of players who are in COVID protocol right now, so maybe this is for the best, and you know what? I kind of saw this coming, and uh, you know what? Uh, By the time uh, we play our next game, I think Blackwood Zaka and Zajac, I think they'll be good to go, and I think Vatnin will also be good to go. Most of our guys will be good to go, so you know what? Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe we can finally play a game with everyone on the rank, but uh, other than that, yeah, I saw the weekend series uh, when we played the Sabres. Great effort by our guys. Maybe not on my ideal circumstance because, you know, uh, we did take uh, one game for a win and then we did uh, lose the other one in a shootout, but at least we got a point out of it. So, you know, I'll take three out of four points and you know what? We're just fine the way we are right now. But uh, before we continue, before I announce who we're bringing on in a second, uh, let's uh, look at the standings real quick. So we actually have a new King of the Hill out east. So the Philadelphia Flyers are now number one at 7-2 and one with 15 points. However, the Capitals also have 15 points, but their record is 6-1 and three. And the Boston Bruins are 6-1-2 with 14 points. The Penguins are 5-4-1 with 11 points. Remember, we were supposed to play the Penguins this week, but unfortunately that got pushed back. As I stated, you know, we have a COVID outbreak, so we got to remain safe and just take this one day at a time. But right below the Penguins are the good guys, the New Jersey Devils. We are 4-3-2 with 10 points. The Sabres are below us at 4-4-2 with 10 points. The Islanders are 3-4-2 with 8 points. And the Rangers are in last place with 3-4-2 with 8 points. So, anyway, guys... Uh, obviously, normally I would do an analysis of the game that uh, was last played. So, you know, I would talk about our win over the Sabres this past weekend. But unfortunately, things change. And this is for the better, okay? So, I am bringing in a special guest. He's a former New Jersey Devils player. He currently plays with the San Jose Sharks. It is Curtis Gabriel. Some of you might remember Curtis Gabriel for uh, his... 
uh, activism and just being a strong advocate in the NHL community on social issues. He was also the first NHL player to represent an LGBTQ flag onto his uh, stick. He also scored his first career goal with the New Jersey Devils organization. So, you know, uh, I'm sure New Jersey holds a special place in his heart. So basically, I I just want to say Curtis is a great guy and I really enjoyed doing this interview. We really had a heart-to-heart conversation about social issues. I enjoyed talking about hockey. Uh, Obviously, February is Black History Month. And as you guys know, I am one of the few uh, hockey announcers in the entire country along with uh, my mentor, Ever Fitzhugh. And also, you know, just I want to represent the Locked On community the best I can. And you know what? I think doing this was just appropriate. It was the right timing. And just everything that's been going on in my life right now, I, I kind of really needed this. So I won't get into detail what's been going on. But, you know, uh, it, I really needed this. And I'm glad that Curtis uh, reached out when I asked him if he wanted to appear on the show. So he's a great guy. And I think you guys are going to enjoy the interview. In fact, I'm going to bet on it that you're going to enjoy it. So you know what that means. It's time for the first live read this morning. Alrighty now, are we ready for some more hockey? Are you enjoying the season so far? Because the season is in full swing and as always there's some big matchups to look forward to. The NFL regular season is over and also the playoffs are pretty much done. It just comes down to two teams, the Chiefs and the Bucks, and it's becoming clear who might become the next Super Bowl champion or I hope it's remaining clear. That's for you guys to decide so there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. Go to betonline.ag Sign up for today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus. NFL games of the week are usually talked about. College football top games, current headlines in sports, that's what they'll usually talk about. It, they can always flip it around NBA, NHL, MLB, whatever the case might be. So don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. And also check out the social media media page visit our good friends and exclusive partners at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business sign up for a free account and use that promo code locked on for your sign up bonus hashtag betonline get with it and get in the action everybody all righty it's time to bring in curtis gabriel so let's take it away shabbat has 13 goals 33 assists on the season already they score off the face off Curtis Gabriel with his first goal as a New Jersey Devil, I believe. It deflected past Nilsson for a 3-0 lead. First National Hockey League goal, I would believe, as well, Kench. All right, now joining me via Zoom, he was the 81st overall pick in the 2013 NHL Draft by the Minnesota Wild. He currently plays for the San Jose Sharks organization, a former New Jersey Devil, and a strong advocate for the NHL social issues. It is Curtis Gabriel. Curtis, how you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me, Trey. It's it's a pleasure to have you on. You're actually my first NHL player that I've interviewed. So, <laughs> well, that's, that's like that's all. I you know it's kind of funny how I, I talk about that. It's like I played in the NHL and people love to call me an NHL player. I like to stay super humble. Still, it's like I've played there. I'm not a regular, so I appreciate that though. I don't take it as an insult, but I'm always like it's my mindset. I'm just always like I'm still working to get there. You know? No, you're you're. You made it, man. You're you're in the league, like you know. I guess technically, right now, I'm in taxi squad. I guess somewhat. So hey, I'll take it. It's a step up. If it makes you feel any better. Uh, I was playing NHL 21, and I traded uh, you to my team. If it makes you feel <laughs> any better. Perfect. 
All right, so we're on the topic of hockey. So uh, let's talk about humble beginnings. Where did hockey begin for you? Because I read some uh, articles saying that hockey was actually not your first uh, sport. Yeah, so my dad was probably like baseball the most and basketball, so that probably rubbed off on me. But I started playing all those sports around the same age, five years old. So hockey, um, I think I was my mom put me in figure skating first just to learn to skate a bit at four, and then I started playing organized house league hockey at five. So yeah, going on almost 23 years now of playing hockey, still still trying to learn to skate better, still trying to learn to stick handle better. But uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, just like any other Canadian kid, just started house league. Started house league, and then yeah, I'm sure you played for your school, and then you know you played a, a few other other travel teams. Yeah, well, that's the difference uh, between Canadian hockey and American hockey. Growing up, uh, the really good players don't go don't play school hockey. Uh, so I played for a rep team all growing up in my hometown. We were called the Newmarket Redmen. I think they're going to have to change that name given the climate of the times now. But uh, yeah, I played. Uh, so I played house league for five years old, six years old. And I played. Uh, so the levels go select, single A, double A, triple A. I played select, single A and double A primarily most of my whole life. And uh, uh, yeah, we didn't have uh, we had a high school hockey team actually. I don't know if I, I honestly can't remember. I either didn't make it or I just didn't have time with playing all the other sports, but I remember being there and not being super great or anything. So it's kind of funny how I just went to just to get some extra ice. It was not like a, um, you know, not many hockey players come out of Canadian high school hockey. Well, obviously you were drafted 81st overall by the Minnesota wild back in 2013. I want to go back a little bit. What was that process like of getting drafted? Cause you just said when you first started, you weren't really that good. So yeah. what was that process like just, making your name get out there. Yeah, it's crazy because I didn't get drafted to the OHL either. So to even to even get to the OHL, which to me when I was younger, the OHL wasn't even a possibility. Like I, that was as far away as the NHL was. So to even get there undrafted and then to get drafted as a, as a third-year eligible player, usually most guys are drafted at 17 turning 18. I was drafted at 19 turning 20. So uh, very, very special to, <clears throat> to even go to the draft. And funny enough, it was at the Prudential Center in New Jersey and uh, that's where I ended up scoring my first NHL goal. So it, the whole process was crazy to get interviewed by like 22 teams. And um, I thought Nashville was going to pick me. I thought, uh, uh, what was the other team? Edmonton had a really good interview with them. So I knew it was kind of them two or Minnesota and uh, Minnesota, Minnesota picked me in the third round. My agent said that it might be the fifth round, might be the sixth round, might be the fourth round, but somebody really wants you. They'll take you in the third round. That's what happened. So what was it like when you first got to Minnesota? Because obviously you split time between the NHL and the AHL. So what was that just two-way uh, style like when you first got into the league? Yeah, well, I wouldn't even say it was a split. I guess if it was a split, it was like 97% AHL, 3% NHL. So um, <clears throat> I played the first year, the uh, whole year in the minors. Um, had a pretty solid year. Had to work on my defensive game still. Second year, I got my first NHL games um and four playoff games which was crazy to me going into that third year <clears throat> I thought I'd maybe have a chance to make the team given I played playoff games didn't play well enough in camp again I was just okay not great and uh I was back down to the minors so I ended up spending four years total there um good experience just kind of stings me a little still probably always will that uh, I didn't make it with the team that drafted me because I'd never been drafted before and not to make it with that team kind of sucks well, you know, it's uh, it's just a grind effort to get up there because I don't think a lot of people realize how hard it is to, you know, make an NHL roster or just a professional sports roster in general because you got hundreds and hundreds of people because, you know, you got obviously you got Canada, the holy grail of 
of, you know, of hockey. Then you got, you know, the Americans, you got uh, over in Europe, then, you know, you got to keep an eye out on all, all the travel players, the high school players, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. So, uh, and, you know, especially in a sport like hockey, sometimes it can be hard to really stand out at times. Yeah. And it's, it's, everybody tells you that too. And, you, and it's, it's good. You do have to sit back and realize, you know, what level you're at. And, um, but it's just the nature of trying to be successful. You, you're never satisfied. So I would definitely was thankful of where I was. I'm thankful where I am, but that mindset back then, it was just kind of all or nothing. And uh, I was really tied to hockey. So it, it probably wasn't the healthiest way to be, but that's your mindset. You're always trying to get one up. You're trying to get the next level, trying to get better. It's just kind of never satisfied. So it's sometimes it's hard to sit back and realize how, how you know, where you are, but I think that's what's changed in the last maybe year as I'm able to kind of like sit back and, I appreciate it more and it, and it fuels me forward now. I'm in like a better mindset about it. So you played four playoff games with the Minnesota wild and everyone knows how crazy hectic bedlam uh, the inside of arena can be during playoff hockey, especially in the NHL. You know, I I've been the, I've had the honor to call some of my playoff games at my college. Uh, what, what's just that, what's the atmosphere like when you're actually in it? Yeah, it's, uh, that's the type of game I'm tailor-made for, physical-style hockey. So that's, like, the best time for me. And I haven't been able to play in the playoffs in the minors for a long time. But the NHL was something special. Like, coming out to the uh, the towels, the whiteout in Minnesota, everybody wearing white T-shirts and, and swinging the towels. Even in the morning skate, you know, they have the towels all arranged in all the seats. So instead of it all being green seats, it's all these white towels perfectly aligned on every seat of 17,000. Like, that's just crazy. So... Um, definitely has a totally different, um, feeling in the air. Uh, everybody elevates their game. It's, it's what we all play for. So that's, I really hope I can get back there someday. Hopefully with the sharks, hopefully I can, you know, get on the team and be a part of, you know, getting them through physical playoff series. You talked about, you know, you're an aggressor, you're an enforcer. So uh, a lot of people don't know this. So you've played in 38 career NHL games and you spent 98 minutes in the penalty box. So you're obviously labeled as an enforcer. Uh, wh- wh- where does that aggression come from? Just like, you know, that hard determination just to play hard and just, you know, maybe stick up for your teammates, whatever the case might be. Where does that come from? Yeah, uh, when I was – so I didn't make – I didn't get drafted to the OHL, so all the good players leave, and I was still playing uh, minor hockey, and the coach said that if I, you know, wanted to move up, I wasn't going to do it as a goal scorer, that's for sure. So I had to start playing more physical, and – he didn't say I had to or anything. I still could have played on the team that year and not been physical, but he said, Hey, I know you're trying to move up. So you should probably start doing this. So I said, all right, mom, this is what he said. Maybe we'll give it a try. Start focusing more on being, you know, physical, not trying to score the whole time, like just kind of uh, intimidating a bit. And I took to it very, very naturally. And I've always been someone who, you know, was already a gritty player to begin with. And you couldn't fight when you're a kid, but I'd stick up for teammates. But I've always been that kind of person, just even in at high school, my friend group, I'll stick up for people. So it's kind of a natural progression for me, uh, happened organically and um, learned to love this role. Uh, it's the most underappreciated, but also at the same time, you're kind of like a cult thing with the fans because you're the tough guy. It's like a weird special role on a team that I really value. And I think every team does need it in some capacity. So um, I'm not an aggressive person off the ice. I'm a very intense, passionate individual. I think it just comes out where I'm allowed to on the ice when there's referees and it's kind of a good outlet for it. 
Yeah, because it's just like um, hockey is one of those sports where you can literally fight someone and then uh, after the game, you're, you guys are grabbing drinks and going out to dinner. That's the ideal, right? There's some guys, I used to be one of those guys that probably couldn't do it. I had to mature into it, but you hope that guys can leave it on the ice now and you can do the craziest things on the ice, but you'd be a gentleman off the ice. I think that's what we uh, try to aspire to, but it's not always the case. There's a lot of guys you couldn't do that with. Uh, I was quoting PK Subban. If if you if you didn't know, <laughs> I, I mean I, I've never been in a hockey fight, never played hockey, so I'd probably be one of those people who would just be like, uh, you, "You're gonna have to give me like a week before you you talk to me, otherwise we're gonna be fighting off the <laughs> rink." Quite honestly, but that's just me. But uh, so you get to New Jersey. Uh, you you obviously played for mostly the Binghamton Devils, uh, our AHL team. And you mentioned at the top of the show that you scored your first career NHL goal with the New Jersey Devils. What was that like? Yeah, so every, everybody always asks me about the first one because I, I get it. I get why. But the first one was kind of like a weird one. It was uh, <clears throat> my center, Brett Sini, who's a good friend of mine who trains in London where I'm from in the summer. He told me he was going to win the faceoff. And he said, Gabriel, shoot the puck. So I had kind of had a feeling and I got it off the faceoff, shot it. I think it was going wide, but Nielsen reached up to try to catch it anyway and it went down his arm and in the net. So kind of a lucky one, but uh, felt really nice. I think that was my ninth game to get my first point. I was like, I thought I was doing everything else right. So to get some production was huge, even though that's not what I'm paid to do. But uh, uh, two nights later was really that first goal feeling for me, just because I scored a goal against the Montreal Canadiens that I kind of earned more. I got to the net. I had a good four check. I got to the net and knocked a puck down and I showed some hands putting it in and got to see it going in and knew I could feel I was about to score more. Um, and that's where I got to let all my emotion out. So that was definitely hands down the best best feeling of my life. So most of the players that you played with are still on the New Jersey Devils roster. Uh, to the best of your ability, can you describe like some of the relationships you had with them, like just behind the scenes to the best of your ability? Just like, you yeah. know, my yeah. the, the two guys I talked to, uh, the guy I talked to most is, most is Nathan Bastion and then Mikey McLeod probably after that. So they weren't on the team. Uh, like Nate Bastion was up with me and Mikey was up with me when I was there, but they weren't there the whole time. But I definitely have kept in touch just because of the geographical location there. I skate with them a bit in the summer, more Bastion again, but uh, I'm just so happy seeing how well they're doing right now. Obviously the game last night was huge for the fourth line and, you know, Bastion playing just five on five to have four points and Mikey to have three, four points um, playing that role and getting more ice time. It's uh, it was pretty cool to see. I'm pretty happy for him. Yeah, McLeod uh, scored his first career uh, goal uh, just a few games ago. And, you know, that's a that's a big deal because you just described your first time getting your first NHL goal. Let me tell you something about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Oh my gosh, this is delicious. I've already had a few when I go out to the gym and they are super healthy too. You're probably thinking, wait a minute, these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Uh, 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 sounds like an unhealthy snack. That is not true. As I stated, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for a keto diet. And you, yes you, I'm going to make an offer that you can't refuse. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. There we go. I repeated it so that way you don't have to rewind it. Go to BuiltBar.com and get your Built Bars right now. 
so I actually want to shift things to a more uh, important thing, something that I like to say is bigger than hockey. So during the 2018-2019 season, while you're still playing with the New Jersey Devils, the Devils hosted something called Pride Night, which is, you know, trying to acknowledge and celebrate uh, just uh, people in the LGBTQ community. And uh, you became the first NHL person to tape the LGBTQ flag uh, on your stick. What did that mean to you to just become the first one to do something? What, what made you just say, someone has to be the first to do it, why not me? Yeah, I thought I was the first too, which is what's interesting. I educate some people here too. I didn't know till recently, but Jonathan Huberto actually wore it on his stick, but because he didn't want to talk to the media about it after the game and only did it for one game, it kind of got swept under the rug. So I guess I'm the first person to wear it and kind of address it. And uh, what led me to do that was I had an ex-girlfriend at the time that had a uh, two girlfriends who ended up dating each other. And the one was kind of unfinancially supported by her parents a little bit. And um, it, it was really tough to see because she's such a sweet person. She's such a great person. So that's kind of what uh, opened my eyes a bit. I lived a pretty naive life so far being, you know, white cisgender heterosexual guy that plays pro hockey. I kind of didn't see these things and that's not the right answer. These things are all around us. There's no excuse not to be uh, addressing them. So that made me um, think about it and then to <clears throat> put it on my stick just to, you know, such a sh small thing to do. It didn't take much effort on my part. And I think that's what just, you know, goes to show that everybody can make a small effort and make a lot of difference in these people's lives. So the outpouring of support I got after that game, I also scored that game. Uh, I was nationally televised in Canada against the Montreal Canadiens. It was a pretty great feeling to, you know, have my phone blow up, not only for that, but for wearing the tape and this whole community that was, you know, thanking me basically for making them feel accepted in sports and I, sorry, in hockey. And I just felt like, why, why should I stop now? Right, because you didn't just keep it on for that promotional night. You kept it on throughout the entire season. And uh, my question to you is, obviously, people have this mindset saying that, you know, hockey does not, you know, associate with people who are in the LGBTQ community. You know, I'm sure, uh, Lord knows, I face this as a, as a black man uh, in hockey. And, you know, I'm sure people uh, in the LGBTQ community also feel the same way, where they just feel like they wouldn't be welcomed in the sport of hockey. So what does it mean to you just to um, say you are welcome? And, you know, what was the reception like from like, you know, to the best of your ability, because I don't want to you get in trouble with anyone, like, you know, the best of your ability, what was the, I guess, atmosphere or reaction like from like maybe teammates or people who were on different teams, opposing teams? What, what was that like? Yeah, well, as, as far as uh, like teammates and opposing teams, like I just had, you know, very minimal, just, here and there quietly, you know, I think it's cool you're doing that, but not much more than that. But as far as from the community itself, I mean, that, uh, I felt so accepted. And of course, as you, like you said, as an African-American man, like, you know what it's like to be oppressed and just like LGBT people. And, you know, it's funny how the people who experience the most oppression are probably the most accepting people. And it's funny how that works. It's pretty, makes a lot of sense to me. So I felt so accepted for just who I am and what I was doing. And um, I think that's what these people can offer anyone. They understand this more than anyone. You know, white people don't, don't wake up and live this every day. And I've started to kind of, you know, align myself more towards these issues and I can start to see, and it's called empathy. It's not that hard. So it means a lot to me that I get that uh, support from, from you guys, uh, from black people, from LGBT people that, you know, it's making them feel more included in sports and in hockey. And 
that's all I wanted to do, right? I, I want to be accepted on my team as the physical guy, a little bit crazy. Maybe I'm not the most skilled guy on the team, but I have just as much passion or more than anybody. I want it more than anybody. I, I want to be valued on a team. So everybody wants to be valued. We're human beings. We're social social organisms. We want to be valued and feel like a, a valued member of a team. And I just, I just think that them telling me I'm doing that means a heck of a lot to me. And it's a thing called karma. I think what goes around comes around. And we both tap into that. People helping people is really what's special about life. Right. Because like a lot of people just, you know, the, the one thing I say about people, like when they posted like the black screens after uh, the tragedy of what happened to George Floyd or when they changed their Facebook profiles to like, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, or, you know, change it to an LGBTQ uh, rainbow kind of thing. I'm like, great, that's being performative, but you're not really going the extra distance to like, you know, to help. And I think uh, you are exemplifying, like, it's okay to be performative because, you know, that's how you get attention. You know, that's how you, you know, that's how you... Check the box, yeah. Yeah, that's how you do it. But you, you got to make the effort behind the scenes and you've <laughs> hit that out of the park. And so, like, it's not just the LGBTQ community that, you know, you've helped out. You're also an advocate for Black Lives Matter, uh, mental health, uh, obviously, in Canada, they have this thing called hashtag Bell Let's Talk, which is just like, you know, if you're going through something, you know, just just talk about it. Uh, so obviously, we see this in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick. And we saw this in the NBA with LeBron James. What made you decide that you were the best uh, representation to be for the NHL just to say, listen, uh, I'm going to be outspoken. I'm going to say what I want to say. And just like, I, I don't yeah. care what say, we, a change has to be made. Yeah, well, I definitely didn't think that I'm the best representative for that, for sure. I just think everybody has a role to play. And as I've learned about these issues, <clears throat> there's only so much people in the community can do. There's only so much African-American, African-Canadians can do. It comes down to the allies. It comes, comes down to the people who are outside these communities that are committing the oppression and the, all the terrible things to change. So I see myself as one of those people. Now, I wasn't raised with racism or homophobia or anything like that, but I was raised just kind of plain normal and and that's not okay either that's naive uh so i think i wish i was taught about these things growing up i think i would have spoken out about them a lot more and i think you're starting to see kids now that wear pride tape like kid for usa hockey put on pride tape just the way i did to support his friends and he's like eight or ten years old or something so i just saw that yesterday <clears throat> that's what's that's what's tri the trickle down effect is right so i don't necessarily think i'm the perfect person to do it i'm just a person that woke up and realized like holy cow like these are some things that I need to, if I'm a human being, I consider myself part of the human race. We're all one race. I need to help out other human beings. It's as simple as that. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I felt an urge to pick up a torch or help out as any way I can, because that's what, that's what's needed. And the more I learn about it, the more I learn, like I said, that allies is where it's at. That's where it's going to change. That is important because, you know, like I said, I've been, I've been inspired by what you do and just saying like, you know what, it just takes one person, just one person to say, we need change because one person can make a huge difference as opposed to 10 people who are like against it or whatever the case might be. And uh, going back to what you said, like there was a kid on, uh, you know, the team USA who uh, had the uh, rainbow uh, uh, taped onto their uh, stick. There's actually someone at, a, at my school, one of the teams I do play-by-play -play for, uh, she actually uh, does the same thing. She's a goalie, and she tapes it. Um, she has the prime tape? Yes, yes. Awesome. That's a, see, that's awesome, man. And it's, uh, Every game. Hey, even, even back to the Black Lives Matter, even with the squares, you know, it's better that people posted that 
rather than doing nothing because at the end of the day we need visibility like i think if that happened you know what 30 years ago and there was instagram do you think people would be posting that no chance because they would have thought looked down upon right so i like to see it from an optimistic point of view of course not everyone's going to stop their lives and commit an hour a day to this but i think it's a wake up it's, it's a general knowledge now that racism is real lgbt and, and homophobia is real that people are starting to recognize that it's almost becoming the accepted train of thought and that's what we're going to need i always compare it to like cigarettes you know, as soon as we found out cigarettes were bad for you, a lot of people stopped smoking. Now you see somebody smoke a cigarette and people are kind of like, ugh. Like, it's kind of not the best decision. We need that to be like like racism and homophobia. It needs to be that obvious that most of the population is like, that's not okay. We call that out right away. We fix that right away. That's what it needs to get to the point. And I think those little steps are helping. But yes, at the end of the day, people need to maybe take 10, 15 minutes a week. I don't know, to go and just search up racism. Why is it a thing? What causes systemic racism? Homophobia, why is that a thing? What causes this? Why do people have these views? Look into the other side and understand why they view it that way. That's what it's going to take for, for change to happen. Right. And uh, obviously, February is Black History Month. And, um, you know, Black Lives Matter has been big in sports. You know, we, we, we like I said, we see in the NFL, we see in, in the NBA, we've seen it uh, in, in, in a sport like NASCAR, which is, you know, has like it, it's kind of in the same boat as hockey, which is, you know, people just think of it as, you know, mostly just a bunch of people. Who, white dudes. Yeah, just just which, which, you know, some are like that, but not all. Yeah, and, yeah. That's not fair to generalize. So um, obviously, let's talk about what the NHL is doing to make a difference. So, you know, obviously, um, after what happened to Jacob Blake, uh, the NHL followed in the steps of the NBA by canceling their playoff game for for that day for and just postponing it. And uh, obviously, they had a few commercials saying we skate for black lives. What do you think the NHL is doing right? And what would you like to see them change as well yeah so for first of all just it seems like uh, in those other sports uh, obviously they're predominantly a lot more african-americans in those sports and thank we you know unfor- i wish the nhl would have let it honestly but you know it comes down to george hill and the guys in milwaukee bucks that did an incredible job to start that uh, and then he saw the leagues fall suit but as you know what's sad is that it took hockey a whole ne- another day you know they didn't they played those games that day and uh, the next day they woke up, a bunch of white guys texted Brian Reeves, Chris Stewart's, all these guys in hockey to say, hey, what do we got to do here? And they asked them, they reached out for help. So that's an example of what the NHL needs to do as well. That's, that's those white guys in hockey asking the, the colored guys, hey, how do we make a stand? What do we do here? They, they outsource what they needed to do. And you look what happened. Then as soon as that happened, the NHL, who had not commented on these things at all, immediately as soon as they took that stand, they plastered Black Lives Matter all over the bubble. So I think that just shows it's going to take, you know, maybe a little pushing to get the NHL to do those things, but at least they were receptive to it in the end and they put it all over the place. But I think what it comes down to is like, they got to reach out to organizations that understand these issues maybe better than they do uh, and not always trying to keep things so in-house. So that, that's what I would say. Like, they, you know, you gotta, you don't, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say, but they, they should go ask organizations that deal with these things instead of just kind of making their own committees amongst themselves and, and creating their own policies. I think they're not the best people to put in those policies. Right. And, you know, the NHL is, you know, improving each and every day just to try to make this more, you know, uh, exclusive for others or, you know, and, and try to get inclusion. Um, so obviously we got one of your Sharks teammates, Evander Kane. Uh, and then, you know, we have uh, PK Subban, 
for, for the New Jersey Devils. And obviously, I, I mentioned to you uh, my, my mentor, who's going to be the new play-by-play announcer for uh, the Seattle Kraken's radio station, uh, Ever Fitzhugh. And, and the Seattle Kraken are actually trying to get more people of color to work for them and also get more women involved. I think they hired the first uh, NHL women trainer, I believe. Um, to, to do so. And, you know, I feel like they're going in the step in the right directions. And uh, going back to what you said, you know, people say like, why do we have to, you know, talk about this? Why do we need to include race? Like I was talking to someone like saying like, don't you just want to be known as an announcer? And I'm like, yes, I would love to be known as an announcer. But the thing is, is, you know, th- there's not a lot of people who look like me in this sport. You're a freaking proud black announcer, man. Right. And I'm one of the few and it's representation because for me, I didn't come from a hockey background at all. I taught myself the sport. I fell in love with it. And I just want to tell, I, I honestly, I probably would have just been doing basketball if, if, if I, you know, uh, didn't do hockey. But the thing is I fell in love with the sport. I loved it. Um, I t- taught myself and, you know, it was just like, I just want to show everyone that you don't have to, you know, be in this box of stereotypes, you know, do what you want to do. You know, if you want to learn hockey, learn hockey, because Everett Fitzhugh inspired me. And I want to inspire the next generation, whoever that is. I don't know. Like, could be a guy, a girl, whatever the case might be. It could be 500 people, man. Like, as we're talking about, the ripples go crazy from one person. So you're a a poster guy of – imagine how many fans the NHL could reach getting more inclusive and seeing more people like yourselves in the sport. Like you're going to inspire a whole bunch of people. So, and the fact that you taught yourself the sport and you didn't even were a part of it before you didn't grow up with it. That just shows how far hockey can go. And if we become more inclusive and not just the white guy league that doesn't talk about these issues and stuff, or it doesn't talks about them, but it's performative in the end, that's going to end up growing the game more. You're proof of that. So that's what the NHL wants at the end of the day. Businesses when it comes down to is money. So if they want more money, get more inclusive, 40%, up to 40% of the population is on the LGBT spectrum. There's 13% of the United States is African-American. You're going to add a lot more value to your company. So at the end of the day, it's a win-win. Right. And having people like you who are just so outspoken and just, you know, wanting to see the NHL make that change, make that next leap, it does wonders for, for you know, not only me, but just other people who might be, you know, uh, who might be listening to this. And obviously, you know, in this show, we, we talked about your hockey thing and then we talked about uh, something more important. And the thing is, it's just the world we live in because I get frustrated when people say, keep politics out of sports, you know? Oh. No, we can't. It's impossible because you know why? Because at the end of the day, when you go home, you're, re- you're just a regular person, right? You know, you're, you're a human being who goes through human being, uh, you know, problems, at the end of the day, when I leave the, the booth for announcing, I told you this before we hit record, I was going through something like, you know, mm-hmm. behind the scenes that no one really knew about. It, it tore me down mentally, emotionally, made me feel like I wasn't welcome, felt like I was being targeted. But at the end of the day, I was just like, got to push forward. You know, it just, you know, next, next team up, you know, exactly, if, man. This, if this uh, organization doesn't want me, fine. Okay. There'll be a, a lot of other teams that would be willing to want me and you know I, and you know people are just going to be like well you know what this that and a third i don't know what they would say but at the end of the day it's just like i'm just trying to do what i do best yeah man you're living your true self you're living what you want to do that's the most courageous thing you can do and why wouldn't i want hockey to be more inclusive i want 
the best people in the game. I don't want to make some league that's easier. I want the best players to come out of every corner of the world. I don't care what they look like best players and I want to be try to make the best league. I don't want an easy route. You don't want it an easy route. You don't want someone to give you a job, you know, a token job. You want to earn that shit. You know what I mean? So I, I think you're doing it the right way. And um, hopefully in the future, because you're making this change, some kids not going to go through what you went through. Right. And that's what my dad told me. He's saying your story will inspire the next generation. Mm -hmm. It could just inspire your kids. Mm hmm. And it, that's what I'm, that's what I've learned in this process, man. It's like, you know, we've, we're as humans, we focus on the destination, but the journey, man, you got to invest in the day to day in the journey. And this is just going to make your journey that much more memorable, this much more satisfying when you, when you break down those barriers. So, um, it's the way to do it, man. You're doing it the right way. So I think you're on a great path. And I appreciate that. So my final question for you is, so I looked on your Twitter and I saw that, you know, you're in full Sharks uniform and you had the LGBTQ uh, skates, the, the tape. How do you just continue to inspire your teammates or whatever the case might be, whoever is in that organization? Just the more I learn, the more I'll be able to uh, change, the more change I'll be able to make. So <clears throat> it's hard to tell because it's blacked out. I got the LGBT skate and the other skate's a Black Lives Matter skate. So I got the fist on it and it says hope, empathy, and change. So I got both those issues represented. And um, I, think, I think the more I learn, the more connections I make, the more I improve, um, say, public speaking. Um, uh, the better I play at hockey, the more people I can impact. So... Uh, I'm trying to really enjoy the journey, <clears throat> not worry about the destination. If I don't make the NHL, that means I'll have other things to go do. Uh, if I do, great. Then uh, just prolongs the other things I'm going to do. But uh, the farther I can get in hockey, hopefully the more change I can make. But regardless of that, I'll still, I'll still always have uh, activism at, uh, you know, at my heart and whatever I do in any other profession. It always have to be aligned with those values and doing that, that uncomfortable work. And we're all rooting for you. Like I said, uh, you know, you're, you, you've already made a great change, whether you uh, return to the NHL or whatever the case might be, NHL, AHL, independent leagues, whatever the case might be, you've inspired so many people, including myself. And I just want to say like, you know, just the little things that you do for the hockey world, the National Hockey League just goes a long way. And it Thank just, you so much. And it just uh, reaches out to so many people. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this interview. And especially since it's uh, Black History Month, I felt like it was an appropriate time to do so and you know Absolutely. thank you for that no but that's that's how it works man like you reach out i make another connection with you i have someone now i can reference about anything i need help with or you can do the same back with me uh we're talking about something that's important it's just people helping people man it's uh i wish more people would tap into it i don't think everybody always thinks oh i gotta worry about myself i gotta get uncomfortable to you know I got to be, uh, I'm going to be an engineer. I got to get uncomfortable. I got to do all these years of school. I got to do this internship. I don't want to do to get to a means to an end. Well, the same thing applies for being a human being and being a good citizen. You got to get a little uncomfortable to make any change. So um, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And that's what I was getting back to. My point is that doing it brings love into your life. It brings good things back to you. So it's not just a, just a shutdown. I do everything for other people. It starts as that. But I'm telling you, it comes back around and uh, it adds a lot to your life in, in ways you didn't expect. Giving and receiving, people helping people, it's amazing. And it goes a long way. I want to thank my guest, Curtis Gabriel, for appearing on the show. And just thank you for sharing your story. And good luck the rest of the season, whether you're in the AHL or the NHL. We wish the best for you. Thanks so much, Trey. I appreciate that, man. I'll be uh, following, uh, see where you get to as well in your career.
I appreciate that. And that's about all the time I have for you guys today. So continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Thank you again to Curtis Gabriel for agreeing to do this interview. It was so much fun to do. It's always nice to just get new perspectives. And like I said at the beginning of the show, he was my first uh, NHL player that I've ever interviewed. So it's really cool. So you can scratch that off the bucket list. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview as much as I did. So we have a lot to discuss this week, even though there's no New Jersey Devils games. I'm sure we have some stories to discuss and some news that I need to catch up on. So I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.